0: If you're new here, if you're a visitor, thank you for coming. But the first thing, if you decide to come back, I'm thankful. If you don't, I pray the Lord blesses you today. But the first thing that I want to do is make sure God does what he wants to do. So if it's worship a little longer, if it's praise a little longer, that's what we're here for. He created us for that reason. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John 8, 31 through 36. I have a lot of scripture this morning. So if you come just wanting the word, then that's what you're going to get. Amen. John 8, 31 through 36. Talking about the glory of God equals freedom in your life. I've been preaching and talking about the glory of God and and experiencing the glory of God, how Moses was called on up into the midst and how God told him, I have a place beside me in in the cleft of the rock and I will pass by you. We've talked about that, but today I kind of want to get down to some, just some sound word. Word some some meat of the glory of God I'm gonna be reading this morning so if y'all need to say a prayer this scripture out of the ESV and not the King James so I got quiet on that so. John 8 31 through 36 ESV says so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him if you abide in my word the slave does not remain in the house forever the son remains forever so if the son sets you free you will be free indeed now this is going to be a rough sermon this morning <laughs> so here in John cuz I'm 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 going to deal with sin I'm going to let you know what the Bible says about it, where I stand about it, and where this church, as long as I'm the pastor of it, will stand about it. And we'll see how many amens we got at the end of it. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you truly are my disciples. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life. The life was the light. Notice that word, the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And John 1 1 tells you who the word is. The word is him. In the beginning, He was the Word. He was always been the Word. He said, if you abide in me, you abide in the light and not the darkness. Because the light came into the world and the darkness comprehended it not. And as we've been teaching and preaching, there's a spiritual warfare going on for every person on the face of this earth. A a, a warfare between light and a warfare between darkness. A warfare between God and a warfare between Satan. And Jesus said, I came because this world is darkness. Amen? You are born into sin. This is a fleshly body. Why do things look good in this world? Why do you want to do things and go after things of this world? Because the flesh, it wants it. It lusts after it. That's why when when Michelle talked about Nicodemus on Wednesday night and talked about being born again, what must he do to be born again? And that's why and we get John 3.16 out of that, and right after John 3.16, he says, But but Jesus, but he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Why, Why didn't he have to come to condemn the world? Because guess what? The world's already condemned. You are already condemned. So he does not have to do any condemning. condemning. You are born in the flesh. You are born into sin. And until you accept God as your personal Savior and live for him, you are condemned to death. So Jesus don't got to condemn anybody. You're condemning yourself by living in the world and not following after Jesus. So he come to save the world is what he said. I didn't come to condemn it because the world's already condemned. Then he said to him, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 19 and 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me but by the Father. And who is he talking to? In this scripture, he has just set down, or the Pharisees, the religious people, had just brought him a woman caught in the very act, it says, of adultery. Throw her down at his feet. And they tell her, this woman's been caught in the very act of adultery. What's she going to do about it? And the Bible says, you know the story, Jesus stoops down, he writes in the sand. And as he's writing, he gets up and he he writes and the people leave, the, the Pharisees, the religious people leave out. My question is, how did she, unless they were there knocking the next in line, how did they know what she was doing when she was doing it? When I say I'm going to talk about sin, I'm going to talk about all of it, okay? Because we, Christians, we look at somebody because we know they're living in sin or they're doing something in the sin, and we look at that. We look at big sins. We, we classify them big sins, little sins, And the Christians look and say, like, I can't believe they're doing that. I can't believe they're living in adultery. I can't believe they're, they're living this way. The only difference between their sin and yours is we can't see yours. Hmm, hmm, hmm. The only difference between their sin and yours is I can't see the unforgiveness in your heart. I can't be on the other end of the telephone when you're gossiping. That's exactly what happened here The Pharisees went and caught somebody In the very act of a sin That that was The the penalty of it Was to be stoned to death They went and caught somebody The religious people of a big sin And says now Lord what you going to do about it And that's the way us as Christians In the church have become We look at big sins and say get out the door Hmm We look at homosexuality we say, get out the door. We look at somebody who you may know that, that that's a prostitute or something like that. What is she doing in the church? Get her out the door. And while you're sitting there, judgmental, with unforgiveness in your heart, with bitterness and anger in your heart, that we cannot see your sin, but we're quick to judge everybody else's sin. If we kick them out of the church house, then where will they turn to? If you built this church house for it to become a social club where just a bunch of religious people hang out, then I'm exiting out the back door. Jesus said, I didn't come for them. I come for the sinner. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And is lost. That's what I come for. That's what he says. So the church, if we're going to be like Christ, if the same mind that is in Jesus is going to be also in us, then we have to reflect his attitude. We have to reflect his behavior. We have to reflect everything he reflects. So if he loved them, if he cared for them, if he he wrapped his arm around them, if he brought them in, then guess what we are required to do? The same thing. It's sin is sin. Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, I say unto you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Sin is sin. Whatever sin is in your life, guess what? You're a slave to it. It has a part of you that God does not. So therefore, you are enslaved to him. You are enslaved to that sin. But Jesus said in the last, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Okay. So if if Jesus sets you free, then are you supposed to be sinning anymore? Well, three people said, no, the rest of y'all must live how you want to live the altars are open when Jesus comes in let me be very clear when Jesus comes into your life you accept him as your personal Savior and he sets you free from the bondage and wages of sin then from that point forth you are supposed to sin no more if you are unclear for that let pastor get that in your head No sin shall inherit the kingdom of God. Are we clear? So Jesus said, he's the light in John 1, he's the word. And if we're going to become more like him and experience him, then in Romans 3, there are there's, there's times we're going to follow Romans three twenty three for all of sin then came short of the glory of God. Yes. Like I said last Sunday, what did they come short of? They come short of the glory. That's what we want to experience. That's where we want to be. We want to be in the glory of God. So what separates us from the glory of God? Sin. Sin separates us from the glory of God. Galatians 5, 14 says, for all am I out of the King James Version now, so for all, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I, I'm, coming, I'm coming just down just down that road because this is where the church struggles. This is where Christian struggles. The greatest commandment. Hang all others on these. The greatest one is what the Christians and the church today struggles with the most, and that is loving everyone as yourself. I love me. I'll be honest with you, I love me. If, you, if, if something ever happens and, and I wound up passed away and they say it was a suicide, that is a lie. Because I love me. So you better start looking at Lori or, or somebody else. It says in Galatians 5 and 15, But if, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. So if we bicker and bite one another, what are we doing? This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the what? Lust? Of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would because you want to because you live in a fleshly body amen but if you be led of the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variances, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm gonna put, like put it plain and simple this morning. You are. if you walk in the flesh, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do I need to walk so I do not sin or I, I, that, that you got to walk in the spirit? You got to feed the spirit man. You've got to feed him the word. You've got to feed him with, with songs and hymnals and praise and worship and the word of God. And you, that's how you walk in the spirit. Because the moment you stop doing that, like I said, you start dying to the flesh. In Galatians 5 and 19 that I just read out of the King James in the ESV says, The work of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalness, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. That I warn you, and he says it here, of which I tell you before as all times I've told you in the past. Paul is telling him, I've done told you about this one time. I've warned you. Let me, he's saying, let me be perfectly clear again. These things and such like these things will not inherit the kingdom of God because it is sin. Are we clear? But we want to look and pick. We want to look at the idolatry and adultery and the fornication and, and these things and, and the murders and we want to look at them and say mm, mm, mm. why you struggle with pride wantness want and want and want and want and want I'm gonna get me started there it's quiet in the holiness church so when you get saved and you turn from all these sinful things the Bible says in 1 John 2 and 15, it says, Love not the world or the things that are in the world. If you have these things in you, then you are into me. God, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. The world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of the Father of God abideth forever. What is he saying? This world puts lust in front of you. It draws you away. And all that is going to pass away. So, how do we walk in that spirit? Ephesians 4:22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put On the new man where after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So it's, it's a metamorphosis. It's a change. The problem is we got a bunch of people that come to the altar and never change. The word repentance means a 180 degree change. So you tell me, if you come down and you get saved, will we fall? Yes, you will fall. You will make a mistake. You will have to, again, ask God, forgive me for what I have done. Yes, you will. But if you're practicing habitually sinning every day, and you know better, and you know better, and you know better, if you leave this altar and you give your life to God, Something changes. You're supposed to sin no more. Try to sin no more. Live the best you can in the spirit life. Put off the old man and put on the new. So if nothing changes in your life. I'm not going to say that you didn't completely give your heart to God. I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to say that if you left here and you go back out there and you start doing the same thing over and over again. Then you just made this null and void. Because none of these things, Paul said, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible says, and yeah, this is, this is y'all are quiet on me. The Bible says we're supposed to be separate from them. So if we look like the world, we act like the world, we smell like the world, we talk like the world, but guess what? If it looks like a duck, acts like a duck, quacks like a duck. So if your life looks like the world, acts like the world, if, if that, then guess what? You are of the world, and the world will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm not here to preach this message to condemn you. I'm here to preach this message on the first thing, that the greatest commandment to love you. But I have got to tell you what is going to keep you from the kingdom of God. And I've got to be very clear about it because we... As society has cherry-picked the Bible and turned this and turned that to say this is a okay, this is a little okay. You can do this some of the times and a little bit of the times when you cannot do it. If you want to find a church that cultivates the way you want to think and believe, I don't want you to go there. Because as long as you're here, I know you're going to hear the real word of God. And I'll love you through everything. I'll love you through everything, every sin that you go through. Because guess what? When I fall, I'm going to need people to love on me too. And if we the church can't love one another, then guess what? Why do people turn to the world? Because they can go sit on a bar stool and no and know, not not know who this is next to them, but can share their problems and love on one another and do that. That's what draws them to that. And this is the church when we see the sin shun them, get them out of here, get away. Them them. No, we need to draw them in, love on them, talk to them. The Bible says, confess your sins one another to your brother. Let them know I'm not perfect, but I'm gonna love you through this but you won't stand before God and say well Pastor Jared never told me that I'm not going to stand before God and God say why did you tiptoe and why did you do this and do that why didn't you just tell him this is sin but I love you anyway that's the bottom line I want you, I want not the sinner here. I don't want the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious people here. Anyway, Romans 6 I've got so much stuff. I'm back in Ephesians. It says put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore putting away lying. Speaking every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither, Neither give place to the devil. All these things give place to the devil. That's what they do. Let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to, and give to them that needeth. Ephesians chapter 5 Be ye therefore followers of God as dear cho- children, and walk in love as Christ has loved us, and has given himself for us offerings and sacrifices of God for a sweet smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanness and our covetousness, let it not be named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking. If you sat around at your workplace and listened to things you should not listen to, you're giving place to the devil. We don't want people to tell us that. Well, they're my friends. This is this is the thing. And it's true, and you may have heard it before. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Because one or two things is happening. If you're not pulling your friend up to where you are, guess what he's doing? He's pulling you down to where he is. Do you still love him? Yeah, you still love him. You still speak to him. You don't shun him away. No, you don't do those things. But you don't sit there and willfully take part in a conversation that is filthy. I had a guy I used to work for that, I mean, he took the Lord's name in vain more than any other person I know of. So I just simply told him, listen, man, I'm a Christian. I'd appreciate it if you would not do that around me. That's it. We worked together every day. We had to. Guess what? Later on, he came to me and said, you don't know what that meant to me. And he respected me from that day forward. He didn't do it. And if anybody else done it, guess what he done? He got on to him. So listen, don't do that around him. Listen, it's just a life you live. You don't shun, but but you gotta take a stand somewhere. And let them know, listen, it's wrong. It's wrong. Ephesians 5, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not. Convenient, but rather give thanks, but giving thanks for this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, how many times do I got to read that? That you cannot inherit the kingdom of God, don't think you're gonna do these things and get in, you're not. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So I'm standing here. I have an obligation from that scripture right there. I'm not here to deceive you. I'm here to tell you the truth because the truth is the only thing that is going to set you free because you can't keep acting, you can't keep doing the things you're doing and live a life you're living and make it. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the Spirit, for the fruit of the Spirit is is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. You gotta tell them. You gotta take the stand. They will respect you more for taking a stand. Then you sat there and not do anything. There's a thing that I played to the youth. It's called a letter from hell. This guy, this boy's buddy's friend, went to hell and he wrote him a letter from hell. And he asked him, and his brother said, I knew you, he said, Why didn't you ever talk to me about Jesus? Why didn't you ever tell me about him? Why didn't you ever proclaim him? Because I am in a place that I am burning, that I am tormenting. And he's writing his letter to this buddy. He said, Why, please, why didn't you just let me know? And then at the end, he says, P.S., I hope you join me here. Hmm. It's our responsibilities. It's my responsibility to tell you that Christianity requires a 180-degree life change. You turn away from what was and you walk in the light of who he is. You walk in the Spirit. Now Romans 6. so much smart up here. Is this okay? Romans 6, verse 1 What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Just because we're living in grace and you know God will forgive you, does that mean you still go sin? No. Grace does not give you a license to go live like you want to live. God forbid, he says, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism to the death like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we should walk in newness of life. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but he that liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Because I've heard this argument. You're made up of the body, spirit, and soul. Your body ain't going to go to heaven. Just your spirit and your soul so the body can sin. No. He cannot sin right here. Let's, lost it. 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. It's the sin in the mortal body that corrupts the whole thing. That's the leaven that spoils the whole lump. You ain't going to say, well, we've heard it happen with we, Lord. Well, the, 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 the body don't go to heaven. We get a resurrected body so it can sin as long as the spirit and, and the mind has given its life to Jesus. No, 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 no. So let not sin reign in your mortal body that you shall obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. I'm going to go there. Sin is sin, your tongue is a member the most unruly member of the whole body. We want to talk about other instruments, if you can read between the lines, that people give over to ungodly things. But when the tongue is the most unruly, untamed, because life and death are in the tongue, so, we as church people and the Christians, we want to point out how other people are using their instruments, but we don't want to point out how we're using our tongue. Right. Plain and simple do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness into sin. If you're doing something with your body that God did not create it for, it is sin. But guess what? I'll love you through every bit of it. That's my job. That's your job as a Christian. It shouldn't even be a job if you are character, if you are putting on Christ every day, if you are imitating him. That shouldn't even be a job. It should be your natural reaction is to love them. Thank you. So anything that you do that is against the will of God with your bodies, including your tongue and other members, it's a sin but like I said we only want to point out the big ones Lord help us for sin shall not have the over you for you are not under the law but under grace what then shall we sin because we are under the law but under grace God forbid no he says again in Romans you're not supposed to do that Romans 13 And 10 says, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, that now is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. He starts that saying right there before that, love your neighbor. Love worketh no. But you need to know the time and wake up and start loving people. To wake out of sleep for now is your salvation nearer than we we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness And let us put on Here's another armor, peace The armor of light Let us walk honestly in the day Not in rioting and drunkenness Not in chambering and wantonness, Not in strife and envy But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ And make no provision for the flesh To fulfill the lust thereof James 1 Talking about the lust. James 1 says, 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to him that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. For when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin within it is finish bringeth forth death. Do not, err my, do not err, my beloved brethren. What is he saying here? He is saying here, it's not me, it's not God that is tempting you. You live in a fleshly body. And it says every man is drawn away by his own lust. Every person sitting on these pews struggles with some kind of fleshly lust. But guess what? Yours just may not be as what we classified as big as somebody else's. You may struggle with with lying. But guess there's somebody else struggling with homosexuality. The only difference is... just so happened you can say, Well, I was the lust I have is is lying. The lust they have is homosexuality. Well, guess what? We're both struggling, and both of those are sin. Both of them are. Both will not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither one of them will. The difference is. Something else is drawing you, then something else is drawing somebody else. Something else, somebody has trouble with alcohol, that's drawing them. Somebody has trouble with pornography, that's drawing them. Somebody has trouble with with pain medications, that's drawing them. Guess what? They're all sin, though. Just because you struggle with something you consider little, guess what? That little sin is going to wind up the same place the big sin is if it's not dealt with. Sin is sin. No sin shall inherit the kingdom of God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, which whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Philip, if you can come, try to try to stop Galatians five and sixteen. Says, if we walk in the spirit you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh so pastor I struggle with with flesh, with lust we all do because the Bible just says everybody here struggles with their own lust so how do I overcome this you walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh how do I walk in the spirit you get you a Bible I some of y'all may not like me for this I don't care if it's King James, New King James, ESV. If you're putting that in you, I'd rather you put that in you than than something else in the world. I'm not going to have a debate over what's the one everybody just condemns now because NIV, I'm not going to have you with it because there's a lot of good stuff in the NIV. That explains it to somebody that may not get it in the King James Version. I, I guarantee you, the NIV has still got what Jesus said in it. I'm not going to argue. I would rather you read that than open up the porn magazine and look at it and read that. So I don't care what kind of Bible you get. As long as it has God's Word in it. Now, if you want to call and ask me, some people have asked me, what do you recommend? I recommend what you can understand. Because if you put the King James in you and you're like, like most people, especially new Christians it's Greek and have trouble reading it, guess what? They get frustrated. I don't understand this, Pastor. Well, let's find something that you do understand. And then we can talk about it. And if there's something we don't agree with and, and we see something, then we can, we can discuss that. But get you something you can understand and read it. Get you a church and get into it. A church that preaches the gospel and will love you. A church that loves. Because if we don't make the world feel a part when they're here, then they're going to go right back out there where they do feel a part of something. Now, there is limitations. Let Pastor, be clear on that. Somebody who is that is struggling and openly in sin and doing things, do I want you here? Absolutely, 100%. I want you here, and I want to love on you because if the power of God is the only thing that's going to be able to change and help you. But I cannot allow you to be in a leadership position. I can't allow you to, to speak things that I may not know if, if you agree with something. Until it gets under the blood, I can't allow that. But I can't allow you to be loved on and pulled in and be a part of a family. And then through that, God work on you and, and bring things to light. And, and you feel like you belong. And God work in you. Because a lot of people in this, what did, what did Jesus do to Judas? He knew from the beginning that he was going to betray him. He knew. But did Jesus was he still part of the 12? No, they they were much more. They was more disciples. But was he part was Judas still a part of the 12, the inner 12? Why? I believe it was just for this reason right here Jesus is showing us I knew and I still brought him in I still let him go out I still let him do the miracles and I still let him come I still allowed him at the table I still allowed him to break bread with me and drink I still allowed him to do all those things even though I knew he was sticking money in his pocket even though I knew his heart was gonna he was gonna turn me over. Knew he was gonna be betrayed. Actually, if you knew somebody was gonna betray you, how would you treat them? Hmm. You'd probably get as far away from them as you can could. You'd put up a wall. So if Jesus allowed Judas to be a part and still loved him and allowed him to break bread. And allow him to be in the innermost circle. Don't you think the church is supposed to do the same thing? I'm not here to clean anybody up. He'll do that. I'm just here to make sure you know right from wrong. Then make sure that you know what's gonna get you into hell and what's gonna keep you out of hell. That's what I'm here for. And that you can experience God like no other while you're here. That you can experience heaven on earth if we can, in 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 his presence and power, and he comes down to into this place, like I said, where his glory is. Like in Isaiah, he said, I'm a man of unclean. His glory reveals the sin that's in your life. He will speak to you. I'll preach the word, but he does the work. So if Jesus allowed that, then the church should allow people that we don't think they're like us. I hate that, I hate that. Makes me want to never say it, makes me want to vomit out of my mouth. Like us. Who are we? Who am I? I ain't no I, I'm not anybody I, I'm just a, a sinner that was on my way to hell too that probably just had a better life than somebody else be honest that didn't have to go through the struggles of, of a divorce when I was a kid I didn't have to go through the struggle of losing a mom or dad our brother our sister our son our daughter that causes may cause somebody else to, to, to run from God. And is, is that understandable? Yes, it's understandable. It's understandable because we, we look to God, even though sometimes we, we look to Him and say, God, why? Why? Probably the only reason I'm standing here is because I was blessed enough that I didn't have to face the trials and tribulations some of you have faced. Let's be honest. But does that get me to heaven? No. Did I still? I still, I I might sin when I walk out of this door. I don't. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But let's love each other. Let's love each other. And let God do the work if you would stand with me. ask a question first, are we 100% clear that no sin can enter heaven if you need to talk to me about more of that please come talk to me about it because like I said, I don't want to stand before the Lord and him say, Jared, why didn't you tell him and I don't want to for somebody to go to hell and, and I mean, and like the letter, say, "Why, Pastor? Why all the years I sat under you? Why didn't you ever tell me this?" I don't want that on my hands. I want you to know the truth. The truth is, quit categorizing sin. Your selfish, lying tongue is just as sinful as idolatry, adultery, homosexuality, sexual sins, immoralities. All, all of it is sin. Are we clear? Please, are we clear on that? And that's where I stand. And as I'm the pastor of this church, that's where this church stands unless you run me out of here. Sin is sin. Sin will not get get into heaven. Darkness, the works, the world. Now, let's get to it. I thank everybody in here. I had to repent yes yesterday, the day before. Well I repented I think yesterday but I should have repented the day before. <laughs> we were at Lowe's and we were moving and you, all y'all who move know how stressful it can get. We went over there to get a refrigerator because we left the other one It was almost 15 years old. We left it in the house we went and ran the Lowe's to get one and I had, my feet had been wet all day Lord had been working me like a Hebrew slave I was tired she went in there to get a refrigerator and what I thought would be just five seconds turned into hey I'm going to the truck why you sit here and decide for the next 30 minutes on this refrigerator because I'm agitated I'm aggravated I'm irritated so she got the refrigerator she said, come help me load it. Well, we're sitting there. It's on a dolly right, right in the front door of Lowe's. And, and I went to get it. And the girl said, no, they'll come load it for you. And she was like, I was like, look, I ain't got time for this. I will throw this refrigerator on my back and put it on this truck. I am ready to go. I was like, no, we don't want you to load it because if you get hurt or something like that. And I was like, well, where are they? Where, where are the people to load this refrigerator? She said, they're in the red vest out front. I look out front. There's no people out there. They're coming. I look again. She said, well, let me call him." She calls. Nobody comes. I'm like, and, and again, I said, can I get the refrigerator and put it on? And she says, no. And finally, this, she said, he's going to come help you. And it was a guy down that way. And I looked at Laura. and said, like, he can do a lot of help. I, <laughs> and she said, you're a pastor. You know that, right? So yesterday, as I was in here praying, so Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. We're not perfect, church. And I can stand here and tell you, I don't want to be here with people who think they got it all put together. Because the people who realize that they don't got it put together, they can only rely on Him to fix it. So I want to call us all into a mind of repentance. And as you search your heart and you make room for him, ask the Lord to forgive you from anything. And these altars are open, trust me, because I think if, 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 if I open this up, everybody in this place should come to these altars, but it's totally up to you. But a heart of repentance And after you repent, then ask God to make your heart a heart of love. Because if this church is going to reach this community, we got to love every one of them. We can't pick and choose. If God wants to send them, we love them in the mess they're in. And we keep loving them and we keep loving them and we keep loving them. No matter how many times we see them mess up and we keep loving them. That's what we do. That's what Christians do. That's what we do. So as Philip sings that, like I said, these altars are open if you want to move, but not, I pray God you ask him because we we all, the Bible says that we all have our own lust that entices us and draws us away. Call ourselves to repentance because sin is what keeps us from the glory of God. So, Lord, right now as we come before you, go ahead, Philip, forgive me. Forgive me. Go ahead, Philip.